Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. Good morning, Eastern North Carolina. Happy Friday and welcome back to another episode of the Nine on Your Side Morning Brew. I'm Kelly Hunter, the morning news editor. And I'm Ford Sanders, the morning news reporter. I'm meteorologist Doran Jenna filling in for Alex Wasilenko this morning. I'm Julianne Dell, the morning edition anchor. And I am Jennifer Blake. I am the new morning producer here at WNCT. And I don't know if you all were awake yesterday morning like any of us were, but yesterday morning was the annular eclipse, or also called the Ring of Fire. Ooh, uh, that sounds a little spicy. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see it. Oh, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I wish I would have, but I also don't have the glasses that you need, and I did the mistake in 2017 of going out and trying to look without them, and my eyeballs were burning. Oh, my God. So, not going to make that mistake twice. Yes, you definitely need the protective glasses so you do not hurt your eyes. Yeah, but speaking of space, did y'all know that, so Jeff Bezos has decided to officially step down as the CEO of Amazon starting on July 5th, and his first move after stepping down will be to travel to space with his brother, Mark, and they're going to ride on the Blue Origin, which is the first human flight. So this flight is going to take place on July 20th. The spacecraft only has six seats. So right now they're doing an auction to give away seats. And right now I believe the top bid is $2.8 million, which wish I had that to just give away. <laughs> wish I had that money and a brother who could take me to yeah. space. Right, right. So Jeff Bezos and his brother, Mark, want to go on this mission and it's going to be on the New Shepard spacecraft. So the New Shepard is a suborbital rocket system that was actually developed by Bezos's aerospace company Blue Origin. Blue Origin says that they have been flight testing this rocket and its safety system since 2012. So almost about 10 years later they're finally okay, so getting it off the I was like, ground. Wow, July 20th is or was it July soon. 20th? Yeah, that's yeah, when that's the like flight's really gonna... soon. So I was like, how did they just like, but you know, 10, 11 years. <laughs> no pun intended. This is totally flown under the radar. Like, I feel like this is some of the first that we're hearing of it. Yeah, yeah no, literally. Yeah, no, it, it actually really is. And it's crazy because um, the New Shepard was named after the very first astronaut to ever, ever go into space, who was Alan Shepard. He was, I'm sorry, the first American astronaut. I don't know about the other ones, sorry. <laughs> but uh, they so they have a launch pad in West Texas and they've launched 15 times from that site and they haven't had any issues related to the crew capsule that's secured atop of the rocket. The capsule is designed primarily for space tourists and it flies vertically with the booster which separates at a set altitude and then deploys parachutes. It'll then fire retro rockets to slow its descent before touchdown near the original launch pad. I have a comment about the you said they have practiced or they have launched it 15 times and that's been since 2012 right so Mm -hmm. they've had a good 10 years to improve every little aspect of what could go wrong with the rocket so that's pretty reassuring for the people flying i bet especially because the people flying aren't going to be astronauts no not at all so if y'all had the money would you join this auction i would not (gasps) yeah i'm I'm out space kind of scares me it's it's a black hole i'm just that's scary i can't well the reporter in me kind of wants to do it because i would want to see what's out there but this um you know the anxiety in me (laughs) wants to stay here on earth (laughs) right and jordan i know we talked about this earlier about how you're a meteorologist not an astrologist (laughs) so i guess does it scare you more about kind of knowing the weather that can go on in space is that why part of you don't want to go uh yeah there's a lot of even though i'm not astrologist 
I know a whole lot about space weather in terms of like space weather forecasting because I did a couple college courses on that. But yeah, the weather in space is scary. It's something that we don't really know a whole lot about. And we are just now learning we don't know a whole lot about it. So (laughs) there's that aspect of it that I'm like, such as like solar storms. That we don't oh, ever yeah. talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and there's extraterrestrial life. Aliens, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. On Saturday, they will be announcing the live auction winner. So if you would like to know who is winning this lovely one-in-a-lifetime opportunity as of right now to travel to space, you can tune in and find out this Saturday. Speaking of space, we actually have a Pitt County teacher who is one of four winners in a competition where they had to submit an essay about what space exploration means to them. The winner is Elizabeth Sanderson. She's from Hope Middle School. And one of the things she'll be winning is she'll they'll be getting a large Mars or moon map, a robotic system, and an augmented reality system along with other resources. So that's pretty cool. It's a good way to teach our younger youth about space and exploration. And that's pretty awesome that they won yeah. an essay competition. Yeah, Definitely. we love to see that. I mean, I think it's great whenever our teachers win, then the students win. So they'll be able to benefit from that and hopefully, you know, more than just her classroom, I'm sure they'll share it among the school and maybe even the district. So really everyone in in Pitt County hopefully wins via, you know, this teacher doing an awesome job at submitting that essay and being one of four in the state to, to win that competition. Yeah, and who knows, maybe one of the students in her class will end up being like Alan Shepard and oh my gosh, yeah. right. setting some some record or some history in space. Good point. It starts in school, yeah. You never yeah. know. Start him young. <laughs> well, as we talk about space and the flights and all of that good stuff, another thing here on Earth, <laughs> we have our airplanes going out. And, you know, one big thing that I talked about actually yesterday was I did a story on summertime travel, and I looked at a couple airports here across eastern North Carolina, so I talked to the coastal Carolina regional airport and the Pitt Greenville airport and I actually spoke to a director and an airport business manager about this and guys summertime's coming that means people are traveling kids are out vacations are about to happen but here's a good thing I have a little quiz for y'all this will be something new so why do you think a lot of people want to fly into eastern North Carolina I think it's kind of obvious but what do you think one of the biggest draws here is beaches hands down Beaches. So we have, what do they call them? What, do they call them the crystal crystal, crystal beaches? Coast. I'm not crystal sure. Coast? I just yeah. know California is cold. Uh, Florida so sharks. Come here. Um. <laughs> so, not that we're any better, you know? So basically, um, yeah, so we have a lot of people coming in. And one of the really big things that I talked about was, yeah, there's going to, TSA is talking about some lines and things like that. But one of the important things is the DOT actually released, I did this story also a couple months back. They released a huge economic impact report. And it shows that between EWN and PGV alone, they're nearing up to $1 billion in economic impact back into our local community. So that wow. goes to gas stations, that goes to hotels, businesses, so things like that. So I just want to talk to y'all, you know, a little bit about, you know, with people traveling and that big economic impact that also leads for some other events, you know, planning to come happen here in Eastern North Carolina, which brings us to our big annual Big Rock Blue Marlin Fishing Tournament, the 63rd annual one. Yes. Yeah. Super excited. <clears throat> Super exciting. I know people will definitely be flying into that. However, it is kind of strange that I know last year there were 205 boats that were competing in And this year, so far, there are only 62 boats entered. But I I believe personally that that's going to change the closer we get. So it starts tomorrow, but this weekend kicks off the women's tournament first. And then starting Monday will be the men's tournament. And I think the closer we get to Monday, we will see a lot more boats enter. They're probably just waiting to see what the sea conditions are going to be like, what the weather looks like. Is it worth it? 
So, yeah, Jordan, what do you think the weather's looking like? Yeah, what you got for us, So, Jordan? for the next few days, we're definitely going to have some stormy weather outside. By the end of the weekend, though, it's going to be a little bit more on the dry side. And next week, it looks absolutely beautiful. You can't really rule out thunderstorms on any given summer day. It's not officially summer yet, but we definitely have that summer heat already, which leads to thunderstorm activity. Other than that, we're going to have dry weather next week with 80s. Jordan, I want to see you on a boat doing this forecast. <laughs> big that would be awesome. <laughs> so you don't get seasick. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that'd be really awesome. But a little rain here and there is actually really good. It stirs up the water and gets fish out and about looking for food. So not not bad at all. Um, last year, the winner of the tournament was the Pelagic Hunter II. That was the name of the boat. And it was captained by John Cruz III and angler Riley Adkins. They won with a 495-pound blue marlin. Wow, the wow. Big Biggest fish in the competition's history oh, to gee. win, to ever win in its 63 years was in 2019 at 914 oh. pounds. Imagine standing next to that. Could oh, you yeah. Imagine? imagine swimming next to that. No, thanks. I'll pass. You're swimming. Fish? Yeah, and then you, what if you kick it? I've kicked a fish in the ocean <laughs> before. I did. Oh I, I stepped on it and I kicked way. a fish and it was freaked me out. Thankfully, it was a small fish. But if I kicked that huge 900-pound fish, I would be freaking out. I don't know. I think I'd, I'd get eaten. Yeah. Our reporter, Kayla Schmidt, put together a yeah. really, really good story on this. So if you folks haven't seen that, definitely encourage you to go online and check that out. And you can see the size of some of these marlins that the folks are standing next to. And they are ginormous. It's huge. Yes. They're massive. Julian, yeah. that's a good point because Kayla is actually one of our Jacksonville Bureau reporters. So she's all up on the coast a lot. So she did definitely do a great report. And so it's really awesome to see her kind of, you know, meet with these people and be like, oh, my gosh, tell me a little bit more about these marlins, these fish. So this competition looks so cool. Yo, I mean, it's like the first one I kind of want to that I've been to. So I kind of want to go like, yeah, really no, bad. it's really fun. So it, you should go. But if, if you are looking <laughs> for stuff to do, the tournament's going to run from Friday, June 11th, all the way until June 20th. It's two weekends long. It's free, open to the public. They come back. The boats have to be back every single day by 7. The, well, 7 o'clock at night is when the scales close. But um, the rules of the tournament are that you can only have one person reel in the fish. So whoever's line it is, if you caught it, you cannot pass off the fishing rod to somebody else if your arms get tired. It's pretty strenuous. You also have to have an official on every single boat to watch to make sure nobody is cheating or doing anything like that. Um, out of the six days that you have two fish, you're only allowed to go four out of the six days. They don't want to tire people out or anything. If you're caught doing six out of the six days, you're disqualified. Um, so they have a lot of really interesting rules and stuff, but everybody likes to come out and come around the Moorhead City Boardwalk, and that's where they'll bring up the fish and they'll do all the weighing each day and lots of kids come. They have a lot of good restaurants and bars right there for you to sit out and enjoy while you watch and see who's bringing in the big bucks this year. So yeah, be sure to go ahead and check, go down to Moorhead this weekend. And this week will be the women's next week. will be the men's. So if you're interested in fishing, which a lot of people are, you are in Eastern North Carolina, long coast, be sure to check it out. And before we wrap up things for today, I just wanted to tell y'all about this really cute feel good story involving Timber, the orange tabby cat. So Timber is using hydrotherapy just like humans do, to help her walk comfortably. She has this really weird condition where her knees go in when she walks, and so she constantly is falling over, and she struggles to walk. So it's really sad. She's a little overweight. So in order to combat this weight problem and to help work on her walking and to get her knees strengthened, they have put her in an underwater treadmill designed for dogs, and she surprisingly loves it, which is odd considering cats hate water. 
That is very true. Most cats hate water. But I've had a few cats in my life, and some of them are indifferent about it. Sometimes they like the water, but sometimes they are like, what did you just touch me with? What is Callie like? She is indifferent. That's Jen's cat, by the way. Yes, Callie (laughs) is my kitten. She is about seven months old, and she's getting a personality, but with water, she will get in the tub. She will get in the sink. She will lay in the sink. But the second I turn the water on, she either jumps up or just stares at me. So she's either sometimes, yeah, okay, I'll let it hit me. And sometimes she's like, yo, what, what, what's happening? <laughs> That's so well, funny. I'm allergic to cats, so I don't know much. But sweet Tabby. Tabby, <laughs> I love timber. you. It's Timber. Tabby. But sweet Timber. Is a Tabby cat. She's an orange Tabby. But anyways, if anybody is looking for a nice furry friend to take home, Timber is currently looking for a place to call home. Oh. So if you would like more information, be sure to head over to our website and we'll have more info for you there. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Be sure to tune in every Monday through Friday from 4.30 to 7 to catch the morning news. And we hope you all have a safe and fabulous weekend.